Hello. Welcome to Syracuse Speaks, The View from the AHL, a Syracuse Crunch-centric podcast. I'm your host, Alex Ackerman. Let's get started. Team identity is a weird thing. It seems like the past couple of seasons, fans and, and I myself have discussed the fact that the Crunch struggles to come up with an identity every single season. It always seems like it's just about mid-season before we are finally satisfied that the team has an identity. Which is weird, right? Because who are we as fans to decide what this team's identity is? I've been kind of rethinking a lot of this lately as news has been coming out about different athletes' mental health situations, as previous situations with players like Connor Ingram have become a little bit more clear. Things that we as fans and media members had absolutely no idea were going on in the background as we were kind of hashing out all of the details of what we were seeing on the ice and the sketchy details of what we knew, putting things together and coming to completely wrong conclusions. As these conversations have gotten to be a little bit more complicated, as we've begun to realize that probably 99% of the time, we don't have the full story, I've been really rethinking how we as a community talk about these kinds of things and how we dissect what a team's identity is and how things are going. Given this, let's set aside any discussions of what this team's identity is shaping up to be, and let's focus on what is actually right in front of us. So far, what are the strengths of this team, and what are we looking at? If I had to assign a strength to this team, I would definitely say that tenacity is at the top of the list. This is an adjective that has been attached to Coach Ben Grew's teams now in Syracuse for the past couple of seasons. I honestly think that he prefers that his players show tenacity over anything else. He cannot stand it when his teams give up and when it's obvious that they feel frustrated and they start making stupid mistakes, like they did this past Friday versus Utica. It was very clear early in that game that the Comets were able to get the crunch off of theirs and that the Comets reaped the benefits of throwing Syracuse and its players off of their game and off of the plan that they had put into place. Looking at these past couple of games, however, going back further than just that Utica game, you can really see this team's tendency to be tenacious coming into focus. Syracuse played three games prior to that Utica game, and they won all three of them in extra hockey. They went to overtime versus Hershey, squeaked out a 3-2 win. They went to a shootout versus Cleveland, again, another 3-2 win in Syracuse's favor. Then they went to overtime versus Lehigh Valley, yet again, a 3-2 win. Friday, November 5th, with Utica in town, Syracuse lost 6-3. That entire game all came down to the Crunch's second period. Utica was able to throw them off. They were able to expose maybe some wrinkles that were in Syracuse's defensive plan with some roster juggling that the Lightning has been doing because of suspensions and injuries up there. So I think that there were a couple holes in Syracuse's defense that Utica was really able to take advantage of. But then Saturday, November 6th, Syracuse plays Laval at home. They come storming back. They have a fully consistent game from start to finish, wins for nothing. Azmir Miskatov gets his first professional shutout here in the American Hockey League. It was a fantastic night all around. Daniel Walcott scored his first of the season in spectacular fashion. Gabriel Dumont nets an empty netter at the end of the game. Everybody goes home happy. The Lightning organization as a whole has been juggling a lot of roster changes. 
Originally, this was predicted as Tampa has quite a few holes to fill of players that were let go over the summer. They needed to juggle guys around, really figure out where people were going to fit and who they were going to best fit with. It was expected that the crunch was going to suffer some of the brunt of that simply because they also had a lot of questions to figure out. They had a lot of new players that they have to slide in, including older and younger guys. It was figured right from the start that both rosters were going to be in flux probably through at least the first two months of the season. We're seeing that now, but we're seeing it more because of injuries on both ends of the spectrum than we are actual intentional roster changes and fixes. Hopefully that will even itself out a little bit. As we always say, though, the American Hockey League is a league of adjustments. Regardless of the injury situation, regardless of what your parent club is currently going through, you do not win in this league if you aren't able to adjust and figure those things out on the fly sometimes and make it work. That is absolutely the story in the American Hockey League. So far, I think that Coach Ben Grew has proven overall that he can make it work with these guys that he has been given. Taking a look at Syracuse top scorers tells the perfect story right now of how the American Hockey League is supposed to work. Right at the top in terms of points are two of Syracuse's veterans, Gabriel Dumont, Charles Houdon. That is where those two players should be. You should have your veterans leading the way when it comes to scoring and playing hockey the right way in this league. Following them, you have a defenseman in slot three, Sean Day, who has just as many points as both Dumont and Houdon. They all even out at eight points right now. Again, in the American Hockey League, it is generally preferred that you have some kind of defenseman who can pitch in with a lot of assists and get those apples going so that the team can click and play can flow. This is absolutely perfect. Following those three, we have a series of lightning prospects. Bing, 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 right in a row. Jimmy Huntington is currently fourth on the team with seven points. Cole Kepke is fifth on the team with seven points. Gage Gonclaves is sixth on the team with five points. Gabriel Fortier, seventh on the team, five points. This is exactly what you should be seeing when you look at the leading scorers for an American Hockey League team. You want a mix of veterans and young prospects being able to come in, find their place in the organization, and start making their marks early in the season. Dumont spent half the week up with the Lightning, hanging out, sitting on the bench, comes back down to Syracuse, plays his butt off all weekend long, leads the team in points, and is second on the team in goals, only behind Huntington. That's where you want Gabriel Dumont to be. Houdon is brand new to the organization. He is already proving that he can be in the right place at the right time and make all of the right impressions. I sometimes think that, our, that the veteran players in the American Hockey League have a tough time adjusting to the way Coach Ben Grew runs his team. I think that Grew does really well with the younger prospects for a reason. He gets those players ready to play at the professional level. This is why he has so much success with these prospects going up to the Lightning and being able to contribute almost immediately. The veterans, though, can be a little bit trickier. They come in with an already established set of expectations, an already established way to play, an already established way to prepare, and they have to see if their style meshes with Gru or not. Sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't. So far with Houdon, we are absolutely seeing it working, which is fantastic. The goalie situation 
is out of Syracuse's control, it is going to be interesting to see how this all plays out. Those of you who were at the game Saturday night and who were paying attention to Twitter and a couple of the stories that were going around, you know that Syracuse had an e-bug as their backup Saturday night. Miftahoff, who Coach Ben Grew has described as a pleasant surprise, started the game for Syracuse. He is now 3-0 on the season. For someone who was expected to start in the ECHL and stay there until needed or until he proves that he doesn't need to be there anymore, that is really pretty impressive, which is potentially good news, really good news for Syracuse, maybe even better than originally thought at the start of the season because Hugo Elnefeld, who has become the Crunch's impromptu number one goaltender since Maxime Legace has gone down with injury and hasn't returned since the start of the season, was not available to play Saturday night. There hasn't been any news that I have seen as to why Elnefeld was not available. He did get run over, I think twice, in the game on Friday. There was some talk amongst the fans that they were a little surprised that the players on the team let Utica get away with that kind of physical play around the netminder. Who knows what Coach Grew was telling them to do. He might have instructed everybody to keep their cool. Who knows what the veterans was telling their fellow players to do. Regardless, Miftahoff played Saturday night because Alnafelt was not available. It was a little surprising that Syracuse had to go with an e-bug, especially if it was something that was a result of what happened Friday night, but apparently there must not have been time to find a professional backup. Thankfully, Miftahoff was up to the challenge and played very, very well. There were quite a few saves that, as far as I'm concerned, were highlight reels throughout that game against Laval. Laval did not go easy on Syracuse. The final score, a shutout, sometimes indicates a pushover game. Laval was not an easy team to play against. They are very similar right now to Syracuse in the standings. They are very similar to Syracuse in terms of the amount of talent that is on their roster. This was a challenging game for the Crunch to win, but they persevered and they showed that tenacity and they were able to come through and really put up a nice show in front of the fans. It was a fun game to be at. I hope that some of the fans who were at that Stinker versus Utica Friday night were then at the game on Saturday so that they could see a better team perform in front of them. Looking forward, Syracuse has a pretty quick turnaround. The Crunch welcomes Bridgeport to town on Wednesday, November 10th. The newly rebranded Bridgeport Islanders come on in currently 7th in their division. Syracuse, thanks to their performance Saturday night, has now rocketed up to 3rd in the North Division. It looks like the teams might be far apart, but to be honest with you, they're really not. In terms of points percentage, Syracuse is at 0.611, Bridgeport is at 0.4. You would think that this might be kind of an easy win for the Crunch on Wednesday night, but depending on the goaltending situation and depending on how the injury situation shakes out, who knows what'll happen. The goaltending situation for the Crunch is definitely something to keep an eye on. 
it will be interesting to see if Almafelt is just out for that one game on Saturday and will be back at it Wednesday night. It'll also be interesting to see who Coach Ben Grew continues to go with, even if Almafelt is better. One could certainly say that Alnafelt's partner has earned his fair share of starts and has earned his chance to shine. That is a situation to keep an eye on with Syracuse. The Crunch then visits Utica on Thursday, November 11th for an afternoon tilt on Veterans Day before welcoming Hershey to their arena on Saturday. It's a really busy week for the Crunch. They welcome some pretty good teams. One of the things that's going to be an interesting storyline to keep an eye on this season in particular is that Syracuse is not used to the farm team of the New Jersey Devils, was Binghamton for the past couple of years, being really competitive. Generally, Binghamton has been a pushover in the North Division. It's been pretty easy to win games against them, especially if you're Syracuse for the past couple of seasons. The same thing goes for Rochester. Syracuse has generally had a fairly easy time with Rochester over the past couple of seasons. It seems like that is changing this season. New Jersey appears to be wanting to make a really good impression on the city of Utica after relocating their farm team there this past summer. And Utica is no pushover this season. They have really given Syracuse some fits already this year. Syracuse has lost both games that they have played against Utica this season so far. That series will definitely be an interesting one to keep an eye on, especially because Syracuse plays them, what is it, 14 times? Yeah, hmm. that's great. So just as a side note, those Utica games will be one to watch as we go through. The other things to be aware of coming up on the schedule, Syracuse goes back to Cleveland for a couple of games, Wednesday, November 17th, Friday, November 19th, they will be in Cleveland and then they have a bit of a homestand right around Thanksgiving. So that'll be fun for the fans and fun for the families who are looking for something to do. I think that will do it for this week's episode, so I want to thank you all so much for listening. I'm Alex Ackerman. I'm the host and creator of this podcast, and my social media is always open to anybody who wants to come follow me or wants to give any kind of feedback or ask questions. My personal Twitter is at Alovimo, A-L-L-O-V-I-M-O, and my hockey handle is over at Sinbin Crunch. I would also like to thank Kevin McLeod and Purple Planet Music for the royalty-free tracks that were heard throughout this podcast. I hope you all have a wonderful week or two until I see you again. Take care of each other out there in Crunchland, and I'll talk to you soon. <laughs>